You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 80 of the Black Eagles podcast, Besiktas International, the Black Eagles podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, coming at you live from New York City on a grand day for the podcast, because once again, I've got two co-hosts to, to introduce one, the Akman, Evran Akman, of course, who's been around of late, and then... The prodigal son, if you will, Khan Bayazit, everyone, has returned. So lots of applause here. Uh, hi, guys. Hello. What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Throwback to the 90s. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're just showing them how all how old we are, Khan. <laughs> everyone, do you even know what that means, what that's a reference to? Hey man, I mean, I've been keeping a straight face for the last couple of episodes I did with interviewing, you know, Declan Edge and and and, and uh, Ricky Herbert, and I talked to Sonia earlier today. I spoke to Andre Zlamal uh, from UEFA.com, and I spoke to uh, Stavros <laughs> Markulakis yesterday. <laughs> so I've been doing a bunch of like, you know, straight up interviews. So I have to keep like. You know my professional composure so now i'm talking to you two uh you know so i can uh let go they, they loose yeah exactly <laughs> put your feet up on the table get comfy yeah <laughs> of course by all means how are you doing evron so evron i should I, before i even let you answer the question um the silent guy over there in the corner is coming at us from a uh tryout he tried out for cruz azul uh, in front of a number of scouts. He is, of course, coming off a pretty big injury as well. So, uh, you know, probably didn't go that well for you. But how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, I, I played uh, 30 minutes uh, at like 11 v 11 for the first time. So I guess, I mean, I heard after the adrenaline wore off, it kind of hurt. But, you know, during the game, it felt fine. So. All right. The kid yeah, is like... back back on his feet. What'd you like to hear? Um... So yeah, gosh, big episode today. Uh, of course, 80, kind of a big number. Uh, not, maybe not really that big of a number, but anyway, we do have a lot to talk about. A couple friendlies to review, and of course, some transfer news, and some good news for a change at that. Uh, boy, where do I begin? I gotta, I gotta hand the mic over here. Uh, I'm hogging it. Uh, Evron, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about our friendlies, and let's start with the game against Udinese. Um, to begin with, so we're in Austria, we're in our training camp. Uh, our starting lineup for the game against Udinese, let's talk about that. Yeah, um, so we had a, a couple injuries, so I guess uh, we changed some things around in midfields particularly. 
Uh, Muhayo Oktai came in for his first start at like an attacking mid kind of role. And then, or I guess 4 on 4 1, so like center mid role. And then uh, Gary Medell was also there. Um, back four stayed the same, goalie stayed the same. Front three, Burak Yilmaz had his first start at the camp. Yep. And then obviously Boyd Quadrasmo were in there. Um, his last. <laughs> as it would, as yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the injuries were there before and the injuries kept coming. So kind of the, the theme. Yeah, perhaps that was the theme of the Austrian camp because it certainly was not goals scored. <laughs> no. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, I guess we're, we don't need to do the whole build up or anything. Uh, spoilers are, are free here. Best Judge lost both of these games. In fact, they lost the next game against Brescia as well. Uh, they lost both of them two to nil and did not score neither, obviously. Uh, but so going back to Udinese, uh, yeah, Burak Yomaz. What did you think of his performance? And I'll hand uh, Evron. Uh, so what did you think about how Burak played uh, beyond the fact that he did? Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a uh, wonderful performance. Well, you know, as you expect, first game back. But uh, he definitely, I would say, as Khan likes to say, he weighed on the defense more than Guven typically was. Yeah. Um, he was definitely uh, diving all yeah, over the place. He's got his uh, <laughs> he's got his trademark fall that we all know and no longer hate. Um, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah managed to get booked. <laughs> he managed to get booked for yelling at the ref as our <laughs> captain during a friendly, which for some reason I w thought was funny. Um, he had no sh no chances, but he was definitely involved. Uh, I mean, that that's a funny point because it does highlight the perhaps the weakness of selecting him as a captain. We we talked about his uh, ability to flare up. Uh, too much at times on the pitch, which you might not necessarily want from your captain, particularly in a friendly match. But I will say one thing about this game. The, bo both of Udinese's goals were in the second half, uh, and at that point, the uh, a bunch of the team had been shaken up. Is that not correct, everyone? It was still, no, that was still most of the starting 11. It was just uh, John Eric came out for Ridvan. Yeah, that's... And then Gary Medell got hurt early on in the first half. Yeah, so, so the, we had a and few... Keta, not Keta, uh, and Dempsey came in, so we had yeah. two youngsters. So two youths out there, and 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 fairly pivotal places defensively. You know, we've had a proclivity for letting up goals uh, in the in the back half of our defense by giving them too much freedom. So relying on Erdem uh, in that role, that, that's a bit much. I mean, I, I will say I've I've been fairly impressed with him overall in this camp. Uh, but yeah, I mean, having two guys in the back. Certainly, I would say contributed to them then scoring. So, so what I mean to say is that when our actual starters or the closest to the starting lineup we could put out there was out there, we didn't let up any goals, and it was just nil nil. Although, still, I think Udinese was um, pushing more. Probably looked the, the sharper of the two sides. Again, like as you said, Barack was playing in his first game. You know, the, the best touch was starting eleven has not gotten much experience <laughs> uh, together, I think we can say. Um, Khan, do you have any, any notes about uh, anything we're talking about here? Well, the main thing, you know what, in my opinion, uh, I don't really care about results in preseason. Um, it's all about match fitness. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I think fans 
our fans, but also like Fenerbahce outsider fans, like it doesn't matter. They all put way too much importance on the results in these matches. It really doesn't matter. It's all about getting those guys fit for that first and that second and that third match day. Um, and you, you know what? You're never going to be hit, firing on all cylinders, and it's already going to take you a couple of games to really get into the groove. But the main concern that I have, and I, I usually I really don't, I don't panic in preseason because, you know, the, the football being played isn't beautiful or whatever. But the main thing that my concern is is the complete and utter ineptitude to create any form of danger. Um, yeah. I mean, there were like half moments, but like you can count those on one hand. Uh, most of them, I think, involve Tyler Boyd mainly. Just I would say sh- all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Kuban had no. Yeah, Kuban like, had zero chances. Right? Yes, and that's one of those things, you know, with Burak being out for three to four weeks, he's gonna miss like at least the first two games, probably, maybe the third game. Um, and, and fortunately, our our fixtures aren't that tough. I mean, Sivas away is tough, okay, uh, especially with Riza Chalambay there uh, already making statements before the season starts, saying that well, this is the mo- this is you know what, the most important match for us and blah and blah, which he says every year when they play Besiktas. I don't know why he does that, um, you know. Uh, but anyway, but. We're going to miss Burak probably for those first two, maybe the first three matches. And now, now Burak throughout his career has had this knack of being fit earlier than expected. Like when he's supposed to be out for a month, he's he's back after two weeks. Uh, I think that happens because he, um, you know, gets some special treatments to get fit quicker. But it's kind of concerning that, you know, he comes up that, 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 that surgery and then immediately gets injured again. I'm kind of dreading that this is going to be one of those seasons for him where he's going to go from one little annoying injury into the next and he's going to yeah. miss a lot of games. That's something I'm, I'm dreading, mainly because I don't see Guven Yalcin and I know that there's some fans here and, and we've praised him last season when praise was due, but I've, I think I've been consistent in my opinion that I do not feel that he's ready uh, or even close to being ready to be the yeah, successor no. of Burak. I don't think you'll get much much yeah. uh, argument there because I, I know I've said that he's someone who I'd like to see getting opportunities, but he's definitely mm-hmm. a backup. And I think I've said that maybe everyone said he might like to see him sort of ready to step in next year. I've said probably two seasons down the line that we need sure. a bridge between Burak and him probably. Yeah, I um, think Guven needs a full season of first team football under his belt. I think a loan spell would be great for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. where at a club where he would get like some guaranteed minutes. Um, but obviously, that's not going to happen because they're going to keep him around as the second or the third striker, depending on you know who uh, Afchens are preferring. And right now, it looks like Guven is getting the nod over Umut. Um, but yeah. generally, I, I'm just very concerned of of, of our offen- how we looked offensively because. Okay, Burak isn't there, and okay, Leitch isn't there, which is a big thing. Uh, but Boyd is there, and right now, as it stands, Quaresma looks to be uh, the the other starting winger, um, and then of course Guven. And you know, Guven is in those games completely ghosted. Uh, I think against Brescia, he got like one shot that was like the half chance we had that match. Uh, but it was, you know, I mean, that was his only moment. He didn't, it didn't feel like he weighed on the defense at all in that match. Uh, and from the previous games that I saw, he didn't 
you know, it's just, yeah, he's, he's in existence. He's not tr- making it difficult, life difficult for the defenders, which I like about Burak, which I've mentioned before, as everyone already said as well. Uh, and that's something I really lack from Guven, something I kind of lacked from Jenk in the past as well, uh, at times. Um, and that's concerning. And then, of course, for me, that the thing, that the common team that's been coming back for months now with Quaresma is, and I know we've had this discussion. Everyone said that, well, you know, most of the danger does did come from Quaresma in, in that friendly against uh, La, Larissa or something. Um, but the thing is, yeah, maybe he gets a good ball once in a while. But I think there's a very fundamental issue with Quaresma right now, which I continue to see and I've been seeing for six plus months now, is that he just doesn't seem to be able to beat his man anymore. And if he gets past him, he's immediately brought back because he lacks that explosiveness right now. And I, I, I think that the problem is that he, he like you know he gets the ball at like I don't know 35, 40 meters out. And there's just nowhere he can go because he's he's immediately locked down. And the only option he has then is to pass it either laterally or pass it back to the left back or pass it back to whatever. But there's no. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very concerned if if we're going to go into this season with Quaresma as our left winger, because I think what we've seen is that our left wing is completely paralyzed with with Janner, of course, carrying over his poor se- form from last season. I'm no, I know I'm I'm ranting now, guys. I know I'm no, going along well, here. Well, let me interrupt but, you then. Yeah. Uh, to say that I actually, I think you've you're pretty you've been accurate for the most part. The only sort of thing that could mitigate that as a weakness is that I've noted in previous episodes, um, <clears throat> especially when when uh, Shinji was a part of things. My guy, but um, dude, uh, Quaresma and Liayich have a rapport, and so when Liayich is out there, and, and that's the big for me, that's the big thing that's been lacking in this uh, off season because he's so pivotal to our offense, and I mean that's a little dangerous, right? Because like if he goes down to an injury at some point this season, this is what we're gonna see. It's not a good look. But anyway, the main point though is that when Liayich is out there. Uh, Quaresma and he have a kind of lateral uh, relationship, rapport, passing that can actually be not such a negative. Uh, but without Liayet, you know, seeing what we have seen, it, it's like there's nothing, as you say, there's no option for him to go. Even laterally, like, it's like giving the ball away almost because cause then the guys start fending off the, the ball defensively and we start, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, we, we, we lose any momentum. Yeah, but good. what you see, for example, with a Tyler boy is when he gets locked down, what he'll try is he'll look for the one-two and he'll look for a quick combination and he'll run through straight away. And that's something Quaresma just doesn't do anymore. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the explosiveness I, I is gone. And yeah, it was a part of his game. Yeah, he's extremely static. Like, absurdly static. And I don't get what that is because all the things you're hearing from the training camp is that he's one of the guys that's showing the absolute most desire so i, yeah. I, I and he looks he looks physically fit and i can't remember that in during the first half of last season when we were despite the fact that we were absolutely horrendous in the first half of last season i, I just can't remember having this idea of Karajma seemingly can't get past this man anymore and i just remember that in the second half of the season that was a common issue and i just saw it carry over into the preseason year i'm very curious what what, what everyone thinks about it if he's seeing it too because uh, one more thing before we hand it over to everyone because i think he's he's got to be the one who closes out this segment but 
I, I will say a, a, another credit to Quaresma is that he seems to get along with Tyler Boyd very well. Um, so their relationship yeah. has been positive. We know that Tyler Boyd's like idol or you know the guy he looked to the most growing up for his own game was was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and so I would imagine that his relationship with Quaresma is sort of enticing to Tyler Boyd mm -hmm. and his proximity to him and you know they came up together as sort of rival prodigies uh, so that must yeah. be something that that is a positive for Tyler Boyd at least for getting him settled and it's he looks like he's settled very quickly and you did highlight that Tyler Boyd's been fantastic so if Quaresma has played a role in that and has you know shown some leadership in that regard put it taking you know that's that's a positive sign because in theory yeah, Tyler Boyd would be a rival of his for for playing time too. So yeah, and yeah, for definitely. I think that from what from the signs that we've gotten from the training camp and everything, I think that definitely, like, whereas I think he had a very negative effect last season because you know, I mean, I understand it. You know, not getting paid and stuff like that. I get that. I get yeah, that he was kind of annoyed and, and in a lost and, season. Yeah. And plus, he was, you know, you know how Kuresma can get a little petulant at times. But uh, so far this summer, I've had the impression that he's been a positive impact, especially in the dressing room, uh, yeah. and and that he's been very welcoming of, of Tyler Boyd, like you said. And I think that really helped to ha having him settle in. And you know, when I'm looking at these, I'm looking at other players. There's like two bright spots I see from the training camp so far, and that's Muhayar Oktay being. Yeah. Um, yeah looking like an above average young player i'd say and surprisingly i would say didn't get any chances under shinal ganesh last season because he does look like he is more than just an average decent player i think he could possibly surprisingly in quotes I'm, I'm, yeah i'm not saying I know you better than that yeah. <laughs> i mean possibly i i think he could be um could be Besiktas material of course that's you know, such a it's going on a limb a little bit. We'll have to wait and see, obviously. But uh, definitely like what I've seen from him. But my main bright spot from the training camp has been Tyler Boyd. He just he's like the only player that I can say he is. He looks one hundred percent ready. If yeah, the league started game. tomorrow, he he's ready to go. And uh, obviously, you know, playing the Gold Cup and stuff like that, uh, he didn't really get much of a break during the off season. But uh, yeah, you can see it. He's he's very hungry to yeah. to get going. So Evron, now uh, we haven't heard from you in a minute, but this you gotta weigh in here. What what yeah. do you think about all the stuff, all the slander I and mean, the... against Ricardo? Uh, you know, I think obviously Quarez was not the same way as he was when he first joined, dribbling wise. I think that was probably his peak in terms of just taking guys on, burning past people. And uh, when he went to came back to Porto, and it's, it's been like a steady, slow decline. However, you don't just the impact of speed on dribbling is less than the impact of your mentality on dribbling. So, hmm. all I'm gonna say is, is, although I have seen times like especially that uh, custom punch shot game, I think that was the worst example where he just got locked down. Um, I don't think I didn't see the Brescia game, so maybe he was bad there. But I did definitely see flashes this preseason where he was able to beat his man. I don't think it was as bad as that, like that when he played up against uh, Karim Hafez. But um, I think he still got it. That's obviously my opinion. I obviously he's not going to go on those long jinking <laughs> runs through Sorry. five, six defenders. You know, he's not going to just push the ball and burn past him like Tyler Boyd. I think there was a clip of him doing that, just 
breaking three, four challenges, getting a bounce here and there, and just burning. He's not going to do that. He's, he's 36 years old. However, one-on-one with his man, when he gets the ball, I know he says static. That's more of like just a, it's like a play style. He wants the ball at his feet because he is a little slower. When he can get the ball at his feet, he can still, on his day, maybe his day isn't always as much as we like, but on his day, he can still take on anybody at any time. I remember yeah, but I, I don't really understand because it doesn't, it doesn't eye like, he doesn't look sluggish. He doesn't look slow. I'm, I, I don't get why, I don't know, maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but I feel like he's afraid almost to try and, and get past this man at times. I don't know what it is. I really well, don't, but I mean, I can tell you every time it seems like he tries to dribble someone, maybe he gets like yelled at by the fans or well, he gets he gets double like triple marked at time. I mean, which is difficult. <laughs> and I think in addition, you know, when Adam Leitch isn't there, which is Adam Leitch is always going to pull at least one guy away. Yeah. Yeah, I that I really think that's a huge caveat for the entire price preseason and not just all right. In wrapping up the Quaresma thing, I think it's important to recognize in analyzing individual player like Quaresma or whoever else, but the team in general, in in analyzing that, you have to keep in mind that Burak's played only one match this summer. Uh, Gokhan Gunil got injured after the second friendly, I think. Uh, in the center of the midfield, Atiba has not appeared at all except for... Did he play briefly against Udinese? Atiba? No, right? No, he's, he's just been not. Atiba hasn't played at all, yeah. Right? I think. He just, yeah, he just appeared in training camp because he also came off the Gold Cup as well. So, um, I know I'm, I'm already, damn, I made a list and I've already forgotten. Uh, a number of guys have been missing though. Um, guys, help me out here. Who's, who's also injured? Uh, Yilmaz is injured. Gokhan Gunnel is injured. Adam Leitch is injured. Atiba, as you said, is injured. Dorkhan is injured. There we go, Dorkhan, uh, yeah. Gary Medell is injured. Gary Medell, yeah. Uh, um, oh. Roko now, is uh, Nejip is also Roko, injured. Yeah, yeah Roko got Nejip injured. Is injured so that's, that's important to note is that I'm... Roko seemed to be Avji's first choice uh, until he got injured in that second slot next to Vida. So, mm -hmm. you know, perhaps I could have, maybe he would have come out of this summer as like a bright spot, and now we, he won't. I, I do think. I do think the reason behind that, though, I don't think necessarily he was his first choice, but I think that there was there's been interest in in uh, Mirin from Amiens. In yeah, France, yeah, yeah. so I think that the presumption that that Avci had will probably, you know, because he knew that either Rocco or, 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 or at least one of the two would get sold, and since that Miran was attracting most attention, I guess he just made the logical decision. Like, Look, okay, you know what, Miran's probably on his way out, so I'll I'll just use uh I'll just use Rocco right now uh, as a placeholder for uh, that uh, left left footed central defender that uh, was on the yeah. top of. Uh, Avci's list. And another great segue. Uh, but so, yeah, I think that's, I mean, all right. Any, all right. Before we fully move <laughs> over to transfers, wrapping up the friendly matches against Udinese and Brescia. Again, we lost both of them 2-0. Uh, we're somewhat impotent up front. Uh, notes. Very. Um, I thought it was hilarious that a guy named Lasagna scored against us. <laughs> Uh, just, I wanted to make another of that. That's it. Um, okay, Garfield. <laughs> I, on the, one of my more popular tweets, like on my, uh, my, you know, Sinan account, the writes <laughs> a lot, was making a joke about how not only did Lasagna 
probably seal a victory for Udinese, but we also learned Garfield's favorite player, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Dad jokes are allowed now that I'm actually a dad. So, like, I got Poor a ball. license to ill here. Uh, but, yeah, man. I don't know. I, for me, the main thing is that we have to factor in how incomplete the squad has been throughout the entire preseason so far. We, we, we have yet to see us. I don't think there's been a single match where the actual, even among the guys who we have, like not including transfers, obviously, like Douglas, who came in already. Uh, now the new guy who we're going to talk about in a minute. Even without those guys, we still haven't even been able to field like our best 11 uh, because of injuries and guys coming back from international duty and all that. So you really can't read too much into it, except for I think, and I agree fully with Khan, the main thing being that imp impotence up front, and the thing that Khan has not highlighted enough is the uh, absolute ineptitude of the, the left side of our defense, in particular, uh, in particular, Jenner Erkin, who has yeah. also, speaking of guys who have lost a step, uh, Jenner seems completely out of place, increasingly. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked about it a bit towards the end of last season. But uh, that certainly has carried on into this season, it would appear. And so, yeah, the need for a left back is great. But that's, I think, where we move on to the next phase of this episode anyway, where we start talking about transfers. And uh, ironically, as far as the left back goes, there's not a lot of news. We've already talked about Jamilu Collins on, uh, in our last episode, I think, or the one before. Uh, Riza Dermishi, you know, still talk of him sort of loosely uh, we talked that? about him already uh, <laughs> who else who else who else have we been linked uh, to that we've already talked about Umut Merash uh, Umut Merash we talked about in the beginning of the summer he's coming yeah. back around uh, but there's nothing really concrete on the left side of the defense to talk about but and I think this is probably where we should start there is some concrete news regarding the left side of the center of our defense. Uh, who should I hand it over? Khan, how about you? Sir, tell us a little bit about the big news for today. So, um, yesterday, I think it was, there were these rumors that were starting up that uh, Besiktas were in uh, advanced talks with Martin Schertel. Of course, uh, former Fenerbahce, well, until until uh, June, Fenerbahce's centre-back. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think we all kind of thought, like, eh, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't fit the profile, because it's been kind of hammered home already that uh, Besiktas are looking for a left-footed central defender uh, with good build-up capabilities, and... Yeah. I mean, Martin Schertel is obviously a proven, a proven uh, defender, good player. Stop I'm not going to knock him. Um, but he's not that what we're looking for, not the profile player that we're looking for. Uh, so earlier today, there were some breaking news and stuff like that. Bishop have agreed with Martin Schertel. And I think we were all like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, and then, like, I think I... I took like a little two-hour break or something during midday, uh, and when I checked my phone again, suddenly I saw the news pouring in that we had agreed with uh, Victor Ruiz Torre. Or Torre? What is it? Victor Ruiz 
Tora, I think his last oh, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, Victor Ruiz from uh, Villarreal. Uh, 30 year old central defender, born in 1989. So he's younger than I am. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm from 1988. So, but I'm uh, from the end of the year. So I'm just 30 as well. well yeah, no, uh, the so point there is he's going to have a, a season of 30 still, right? He's not turning 30. <laughs> yeah. Now. He's, he's, yeah, he's, uh, oh, well, I guess he's, his birthday is uh, in January or something. So I guess he. I'm not sure. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but he's a left-footed uh, central defender. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on him because uh, I'm really not. I, I don't think I've ever really, well, I've watched Villarreal play, but I don't know, you know. I mean, obviously, I watched them when they played those manless sport and stuff like that. But I'm not someone who follows La Liga closely, so I'm definitely no expert, uh, not even close. But I can only say on what I what I've heard is that he's a really good ball playing central defender. Um, good from what I can gather from statistics is that he's really good with long balls. Um, and that he's a very accurate passer, which we were looking for. We were looking for someone who could start up the attack from the back, something Abdul Afchi wanted desperately. Uh, and he's that. I think he's a good age, 30 years old. It's good for a central defender, in my opinion. He's yeah. 1 meter 85, so he's not the tallest. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very hopeful, but we'll have to wait and see um, how it turns out. I mean, I did read some comments that his past season or so uh, at Villarreal, he wasn't that great but uh we'll we'll have to wait and see next week i'm i'm speaking to uh to peter velland uh, a norwegian journalist but he is specialized in la liga and in particular he follows villarreal really closely so i'll be speaking to him next week to get a far more in-depth look from someone who actually knows what he's talking about firsthand when it comes to victor uh, Ruiz, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, experts on Twitter right now uh, who suddenly, be you know, suddenly became an expert on Victor uh, Ruiz, describing yes. uh, him. So you'll you'll find plenty of the of that uh, online. But uh, that's all I can. He's an 82 on FIFA. He must be great. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know what? At, on a at least those level? people. At least those people are honest. At least those people yeah, aren't yeah, bullshit. Right. Well, you know? I mean, they might not know how they reveal themselves. <laughs> they might actually think that that's like a good uh, measure, but at the same time, yeah, that at least they're, they're letting us know uh, well, the extent to their ignorance. Yeah, but they're, no, but I mean, these guys, you know, at least they're admitting, look, I don't know what, I don't know the player, but then you're, you have people who are starting to write like treads on the guy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, if you style. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for the episode, uh, Karen. Like, those are always informative, obviously. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, Alexandra, who, who recommended this fella to you, uh, you know, was, is also a fairly in-depth analyst of players, so I'm sure she's going to put you on the right trail here. Uh, and I'm excited to, to, get, to get to know more about this guy. Now, the only shame is obviously that the majority of our preseason is over, so we're not going to get to see much of him until the actual season's underway, with the exception of yeah. Panathinaikos yeah. this coming Saturday. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think yeah. of Spanish defenders who, who have been with the club before. The, the first one to come Alexis to mind Delgado. is Alexis Delgado, <laughs> who is not like a particularly po uh, popular figure. Although, I want to go on the record as saying I was uh. never a hater of Delgado. 
You know what? I mean, I loved when he put his hands up to say he wasn't touching the ball, and then it hit his hand and got penalty. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> no, but I mean, he, I, he, I felt like you know, I and this, I've seen this so often in the last couple of years, especially under Shinol Gunesh, but also under Bilic, is that I, I really have the impression that. Uh, defenders who come in and don't necessarily have like a great start and I, you know one of our, our guys Egehan he made this imp- this comment as well like if you don't make a good first impression like you're, f- you're, you're yeah. you know I mean you're kind of you, you, I don't know and that's the kind of what we had with Mate Mitrovic like I mean look at Tosi he showed right? glimpses because he didn't make and well, his first in... performance was amazing Mitrovic yeah, but then he quickly didn't get a chance yeah. anymore and stuff like that. I, I don't know, Shinon Ganesh. I mean, too, I think right? Alex is... Like, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's weird. The... It seems like we only we only get these guys who stick around because we're somehow forced to give them another look and then they stick... They Like, we're forced to give them enough playing time where then they actually settle. And then it's like, oh, actually, they're pretty good. Like Tosic or, you know, Vida or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if we just committed yeah. to one of these guys and just... Let them work out their kinks a little bit, especially it'd be helpful if we could get our transfers in at the beginning of the summer and, and use the, actually have these preseason games, mm-hmm. you know, but but that's, I guess, wishful thinking around these parts. Uh, we have we haven't yeah, gotten I early mean, transfers in years. Yeah. We need to look at the economical aspect yeah, of yeah. things. I think people yeah. mustn't forget that we are still. I we're mean, sellers before we're you buyers. know the the board the board gets criticized really heavily, and you know I mean I get it and I agree with a lot of the criticism. But then on the other hand, I also think that a lot of the criticism is is unwarranted. Like it it, it kind of depends. Like some people are just idiots when it comes to the criticism. Like I get why they like the, the reason is you know what I mean. Look, for a coach, the coach, if it was up to him, he'd have all his transfers on day one. So he gets the entire training camp to work with them so he can integrate them into the team and all that kind of stuff, which is logical. It's That's what obviously the what the fans for. want, it's too. That's what the preseason's for, right? Yeah. Like- that- but but what you need to keep in mind is for a club like ours, and even you know not just like ours. Look at the Premier League. Lots of those clubs leave really late, even though they have millions upon millions to spend in transfer you budget. Know what's maybe crazy. But what's, talk, could the window be opened earlier and like closed earlier? I I don't think that that matters because I think if you do that, which they is did that. They're, they're doing that, they're doing it in the Premier League right now. But I think what what happens then is that you're just shifting it. I think. You're always gonna the the, the 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 point behind the reason why Bestes always wait to make a lot of these deals in the final or, week. Yeah. Other windows to close or like other and teams to get better already prices. got their defender, and so this guy is no longer an option. Yeah, and- yeah, and plus you know you have these clubs that are looking to offload players, whether it's on loan or whether it's permanently, and. The closer you get to deadline, the less they're gonna play hardball. If you're if you're if you're negotiating with a club in July, and they're asking for seven million, and come August thirty first, that player still hasn't been sold, you might be able to get him for four or for three. And for a club like Besiktas, you cannot just throw two, three, four million out because you're impatient, so to speak. Yeah. Because we as fans, we were impatient. And of course, the technical staff, they want their players as quick as possible. But the club, the board, at the end of the day, they need to do the responsible yeah, yeah. thing. I mean, it's a shame that this, the times are so uh, incongruent. Yeah. You know, I mean, In particular, just the, the notion that we can't really use friendlies yeah. in the way that they're designed you know, to be used. To prepare for the season with the guys who need you know, to adapt, adapt to playing together and... 
settle and all that. Yeah. But you know, I, you're right though. And, it is certainly more complicated than just complaining or blaming someone for the problem. It's yeah. nuanced. And plus, what people can't forget either is that look, we've already spent nine million or eight point nine million on on Leitch and and Boyd, and now we're spending another additional two and a half or three. On uh, on Victor Ruiz. Ru uh, Victor Ruiz, so that's that's up to almost twelve million already, and we haven't sold anything. And okay, we're not under financial fair play anymore. Loaned out Kyle Laren. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but we didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we've sold for. I mean, we don't have to necessarily break even in terms of our transfer in and out. But that doesn't mean we can have a twenty million deficit yeah. either, because yeah. we'll be under financial fair play uh, in no time again if we do that. So I think you need to keep in mind that too. It's not just spend, 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 yeah. spend. Besiktas have to be careful how they, and you know, you have to keep in mind. And you know, I know lots of people, rightfully so, criticized Firat Guranair, and he had this thread up yesterday with, with filled to the brim with lots Nonsense. of <laughs> BS. But there was one thing he said that. I think was a valid point is look, Besiktas's plans really got shook up when yeah, the Vitor Hugo yeah. deal didn't go through because that was an initial loan for like four five hundred k, and that four five hundred k this that that you know that's that comes out of their transfer budget this window. But that now let's say they pay two and a half million for our friend uh, Victor Ruiz now. Look, that's two million additional you're spending suddenly on top that you were gonna not spend otherwise. That's two million you could have used towards a left back. That's two million you could have used towards a left winger or a central defensive midfielder. And for example, we've been linked with Mehmet Özcan from Eskişehirspor, and he's a player you could easily get for under that two million price tag. But now that's two million we had to spend and we had to invest in in, in another priority. So what we might get now is look, we're gonna sign this. We have the central defense. We're probably going to sign a left back and a left winger, and we may shift that defensive midfielder to January and not get him this window. Because I mean, look, Tyler Boyd, Leitch, uh defender, left back, left winger. That's a lot that's of guys. Five yeah, new that's, players. That's, are, uh, we, yeah. I, in fact, I even recall Khan us saying at the beginning of the summer that we said those are like the there are four or five guys that we need, and then the rest we can kind of hope for. And I mean, look, we even got Douglas, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't even talk about that much, but yeah, we've even oh, added yeah. depth even at a position where we really desperately needed it. And perfect example, right? Gokan Kono, mm -hmm. boom, injured, right? Like, he just had surgery yes, successfully yesterday. Great. But, you know, uh, Lens can big play right need. Don't forget. Yeah, it's, it's a need. We fill the need. And so, yeah, like, I, yeah. you're right. You can't be too negative about it. Now, let's... So, of course, as you say, the only real rumors are regarding a left wing that we haven't covered. But before we do that, because of what you're talking about here, Khan, what kind of rumors do we have as far as outgoing guys? Now, we've, we've talked slightly about uh, Nicolas Isi Matmedin Mirin uh, going uh, to Amiens uh, in the second division of France, I think. Um, no, I think in their league. I think they promoted okay, or something. So, yeah, they were Ligue 2, but yeah. now they're... Uh, couple of years ago yeah they um that's good yeah. so yeah so they they have they made them one million offer which basically accepted uh but mirin he wants um, to fight for a spot, according right? to Arthur, yeah basically i mean according to Arthur chizgi what he said is look if you want me to go i'll take this i'll go but i really want another chance to prove myself and i mean i think i've 
when when we were we last speaking to each other, Sina, like if it were up to me, I'd sell Rocco first. For me, Mirin is is the better of the two, and he's a player that I'd I'd kind of like to keep. Yeah, I mean, I hate I hate what we've done with both of them. I'll be honest. I, yeah, I, I've said but I that think I think Mirren either one of them would have been at least played enough to get us enough value in a in a resale of so even if at least we could break even, right? Like at this point, mm -hmm. to get rid of either one of them, we're gonna have to take less than we should be able to get, I think. But it doesn't mean, I mean, especially now we're bringing in Ruiz, we clearly need to get rid of one of, if not both of them. Yeah, I mean, let's see, who, who do we have available? Uh, obviously Vida, uh, then uh, Ru uh, Victor Ruiz, um, and then, then who else do, do we, who else do we have? Uh, Rocco, Najib. Miran, Najib, yeah. and Najib, uh, yeah. Adel. So, yeah, Alpa is going out on loan. He, Alpa is going out to Kayseri. There's some news. Yeah, he's off to Kayseri Spor. Yeah, that's been announced. Well, Officially the, the Kayseri Spor right? president, uh, the, no, Kayseri's president announced that today. So it's not oh, yet okay. been confirmed by Besiktas, but he's he's off on loan, Alpa. Yeah, so we can't, we like don't, we shouldn't count him. Reported a week ago, but I didn't mention it here because I needed yeah. some sort of confirmation. But. So, I mean, for me, ideally, I'd stick with, with Mirin and, uh, and Nijib, but obviously Rocco's injured right now, so that's making it even a little bit more difficult to, to transfer him. There wasn't Medell really any... Too, who's, you know, an option. Yeah, there's yeah. Medell, who's, who's potentially... But he's one of the guys that's that's really, well, strongly rumored. I mean, right now, there's not really any strong rumors, I, I would say. Like, a couple, like one or two weeks ago, there were really strong rumors with Dorokan. I was going to say, yeah, we've got to mention Dorokan. Yeah, with Udinese being strongly interested, but right now it seems, at least in the media, to have cooled down. Maybe what about still Liverpool, Khan? <laughs> <laughs> you heard about that? Well, though, right? I mean, the I, I, fanatic I was heard it about it. Uh, I, I, I heard Liverpool was linked to the Trabzon goalie last year. They were saying, I, I don't know oh, why yeah, they keep throwing John, that yeah. name around. Yeah. Yeah, I think Liverpool is just a very popular club to throw out there, you know, supposedly for interest. But I don't know. I mean, Aaron uh, from 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 Bishtesh talk, uh, he's a he's a big Liverpool fan, of course, and, and he sh he shot down and said, "Look, uh, Liverpool are not in, Liverpool are not interested in Jordan Khan. He's not on the radar." So I trust Aaron in that. So okay. I don't think that that it's the case. Uh, plus, I mean, if I'm honest, I mean, I think Aaron was very. Nice to say, look, he's not on their radar. In my opinion, Dorokan is not. He's not Liverpool of their material. quality. Yeah, exactly. Not right now, at least. So I think he he misses a step in between there. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just people talking about Dorokan could leave at any minute uh, unexpectedly. And the thing is that what what we clearly have seen is that Ali Naibi is in charge now. He's not leaking anything. Yeah. He's not allowing Fenerbahce. And if you didn't know this before, you should know this with Ruiz, right? Because that came out of completely. You should yeah, know it with Ruiz. You should know it with Douglas because Douglas. I mean, there, there have been rumors about Douglas, but not not from credible really, sources. Yeah. It's almost like he'd let yeah, them. Yeah, and I mean, definitely not before recently. he swept in. Yeah, I mean, Ali, Ali Naibi is doing a really good job at keeping shit quiet. That's frustrating for, for fans, but that, that, that makes 100% sense because it does the not vultures, allow rivals. Come on, yeah, like how many exactly. guys, like half of both Fener and Zatadai's rosters are guys that were rumored to us months ahead of 
them going to them. So I, I love that. Yeah, but no, look, for example, Veda Muric. I mean, Galtzray went after him because Fenerbahce exactly, really yeah. wanted him. I don't think that Galtzray seriously considered Veda Muric as their number one option. I mean, I understand why they would be interested, but let's be honest. I mean, Galtzray, if they're getting a new striker ahead of uh, Diagne, they wanted to be a marquee signing. You know, they've been strongly linked with Radon Falcao over the last couple of weeks. Like, they're not going to go up. They're not going to make Veda Muric their first yeah. striker. I mean, not saying that he's not good enough. We'll have to wait and see. But that's just not what Galtzray would do. Um, they want a big name there. Um, so what you see then is Fenerbahce are interested in Verat Muric and what's, what's happening, Galtzray are coming in and getting involved and driving up the price. So, you know, I mean, obviously the price was kept low co between quotation marks. I think they ended up getting him officially for three and a half million, but then... Uh, they sent like three players on loan or something. Yeah, they got like five... Five players. I, I really suspect that Shkertel's oh. agent brought up the whole Besiktas thing for yeah. that exact. Like he was playing the role oh. of Galatasaray or Besiktas by trying to it, get his price. Yeah, that, that's the stuff that happens all the time. And you know, I mean, uh, I don't know who put the noose out there, but I mean, if you think logically, like I said, like it well, doesn't you, make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm not saying Skrtel's a bad player. Obviously, he's a good, he's a good you defender. Know, uh, you he's a little said old. earlier how lacking Fener is on their back line right now. So you know that they're the one who has mm -hmm. the pressure to get him. And his agent has every every reason to try to raise his value because we know Skrtel was sort of unhappy only getting, he wanted two million or something, right? So. Uh, you know, no, no, they they offered him two, and he was on. I mean, previously, uh, officially, he was on three and a half, but I think he was on like five even, uh, because he got, you know, yeah, it was a I move mean, from Liverpool, Aziz Yildirim, and even Ali Koch now, for example, with the whole Vidat Muric thing, is like officially three and a half million, but in addition, Riza Spor got like a, a sponsorship deal that's out right, of it from from Koch right, holding. Yeah. So, I mean. There's there's creative ways of, yeah. you know, which will probably be stamped down on as they become more prevalent. Honestly, but whatever. Well, you know, I, I mean, we did the same. Honestly, I mean, we did something with Kagawa last season yeah, too, yeah. where the, the his wages would be paid by somebody else. So, you know, if you know, we shouldn't throw stones. Uh, no, no, know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Eventually, yeah, is, I mean, like they remember how creative yeah, things used to be with like uh, people coming in to sponsor. They really. Like increasingly stamped down, so I, I think we're we're always trying to find creative ways, but over time they get stamped down. Then you have to find new ways. So that's the, just the way of things. But oh, remember they they magically sold the goalie Fenerbahce to Boluspor. Yeah, 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 and then they so released him a year later. A year contract? No, but he, <laughs> no, he didn't really even release him. He just had a one year contract. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that's I mean, artful, massive uh, record signing. <laughs> Doctoring of the books. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was a bit disgusting, frankly. Um, but anyway, but so let's let's but, talk reality uh, then. Um, the only thing we have yet to cover that we need to cover here is, of course, the left wing situation. And uh, there are a ton oh, of guys being linked now. Um, I'm, I, I, we just so Yannick Bolasi is one from... Uh, where is he playing? Oh, Everton. Wow. Everton. Um, and then, but he's not the main one. The main one is, uh, is it Mohamed Elian Yunusi? Yeah, I don't know what his first name is. But Let me not. El Yunusi from, what's it, what's it, what club is he playing for? Southampton. Like, there's two yeah. of those El Yunusis. 
I don't know. I don't think Mohamed, that's. Yeah, I don't know. Mohamed. I don't know. Uh, you see, yeah, Mohamed El Yunusi. Yeah, they're saying he, alone, he Plays though, for right. Southampton. Uh, he's 24. So uh, Bolasi's 30. Uh, of course, Konopnyanka mm-hmm. is 30. 30. 30. Uh, I think he might be turning 31 yep. soon. 30. Um, you know, so that's that's pretty much where those are the three. The, the third name being Konopnyanka, who we talked about earlier. There's somewhat of a mystery regarding the the reality of all that. But what do you guys think here about Bolasi or El Yunusi, or do you think there's something else maybe to be considering here? I'll let everyone go first because I've been um, talking a lot. Yeah, uh, for I mean, El Yunusi, uh, Southampton paid like 20 million dollars for him. It's probably 18 million euros, something around there, which is kind of a lot. For a player like He's him, and I'm not surprised he didn't. Yeah, I'm not surprised he didn't do well there. He had zero goals and zero assists <laughs> last season, uh, in like 20 appearances or so, um, as a winger or eight, nine, 19 appearances. I lied. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't like know him, know him, but I know he's kind of like a little tricky winger. He's got some flair to him, which he might be your next favorite and, player. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a former Basel player. I think that's where he really did his, his best work, but uh. Guess he would be a left wing option on loan, probably option to buy, but but the option to buy would be probably they want to recoup a lot of that twenty million. So I think yeah, that'd be be like out of the price zone, fifteen million probably. That's not happening. Um, Kono Plianko is probably more affordable because he hasn't been doing well and he's a lot older. Yeah, but uh, my my main choice, I always want you know Abubakar to come back. You should tweet hashtag comeback Abubakar. So okay, yeah. Well, well, (laughs) now this is important now. It's important to mention that Burak Yilmaz has been kind of alluded to it. He's, he's out for a month. Uh, he's going to miss the first two or three weeks of the season. Uh, and he's going to, you know, he's not going to come in at full form at that point either. So he'll have to be eased in, I'd imagine. So right now, our number one striker is Guven Yalcin. So there was talk of us, instead of going for a left wing outright, going for a kind of in the style of Guven Yalcin, a, a striker who can play on the wing, but not at the level of a Guven Yeltsin, obviously, because if that was enough, we would just roll with him. Uh, and, of course, like the, the, the attention of Besiktas Twitter went straight to Abubakar. I'm seeing guys with Abubakar as their profile image. You know, I'm seeing Abubakar in, like, a Stalin outfit. By the way, uh, just I'm quickly seeing... interjecting, Konoplyanka Kono, Kono is still 29, by the way, until September, so... Okay, so he's turning 30 soon, is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, clearly Besiktas Twitter is of the opinion that Abubakar is the man for the role. I obviously, I think everybody loves the loves the guy. And I think everybody dreaded the notion that he could be going to Galatasaray when that was a thing uh, being discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really liked very much the notion of him as a left wing. I think he played more on the um, right when he did play on the wing. So I think so too. I think so too. Uh, I, I, but I, you know, and again, like that was kind of like in a pinch we'd use him in there. But he's clearly a striker. But I don't hate the notion of us like having a stop, a stop gap, you know, between uh, when Burak comes back and uh, you know, so he can play as a striker and then we can sort of utilize him as a wing. But of course, we we do still have Quaresma and Jermaine Lenz on the books and Boyd. 
um, and now Tyler Boyd, obviously, but I, I've already cemented him, cemented him in on the right side there. Um, but so, like, you know, having Abubakar then as the maybe a guy who could challenge Barak for that position as a striker or come in on the wing when, you know, a Quaresma or a Lenz or whoever is, is not playing well or is out or whatever it might be. Uh, it's, you know, I'll be honest. If it's between El Yunusi, Bolasi, or Abubakar, no I go with Abubakar. It's our, I go with Abubakar. our hero. <laughs> He's our hero. And, and it's a real need. We, we need a guy who can play striker in the short term. It's, it's, that's no joke. Uh, Khan spoke about that earlier, how that's proven to be a serious deficiency in, in what we've got right now in the preseason. Um, and I, I couldn't agree more. And I think Abubakar kind of nicely... I mean, there might be a better option as more of a natural, you know, a guy who can really play the wing better and uh, slide in up front when, when necessary. But given uh, our history with Abubakar, given the fact that supposedly he's had some injury issues and might be more affordable now, I don't know, man. I like it. Khan, mm. uh, your Khan, turn. His knees are shot, right? <laughs> yeah, that's knee. the talk. Okay, well, let's first get started with what we've learned over the past, uh, what is it, two months? We've learned that whoever's in the media is not what we're getting, except for Tyler Boyd. But <laughs> when it came to Douglas, like you said, that was kept quiet. This Philly, uh, this uh, Victor Ruiz was kept quiet, was kept very quiet. Nobody knew about this. I mean, Hugo uh, was pretty quiet Victor also. Hugo was kept... Yeah, that was kept quiet. It was the that same style. Became... They said it was almost done. Yeah, and then that was, it got hijacked. That, that, yeah, that no, that that was done. And then you know, Palmeiras came in with a last second offer. But that's basically the same thing as what happened here. Like nobody was talking about Victor Hugo before. Everyone was talking about Kolodziak beforehand, uh, and they were talking. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and they were yeah. talking about like lots of lots of people. They were talking lots of names were being thrown out there, but like nobody got it by the right hand. And then, then suddenly, out of the blue, like it looked like it was going to be Colo, and then suddenly, it, bam, there it was, bam, Victor Hugo. But then it didn't happen, obviously. But now the same thing happened here. So what I think is what we should learn from that is look. Mm -hmm. We're being linked with all these guys, El, El Yunasi or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, Bolasi, Konoplyanka, <laughs> uh, of course, which is a recurring name. Um, and then, well, Abubakar has mainly been hinted at, so it hasn't really been. Well, there's, there's, yeah, Fanatik is writing, you know, yeah. Fanatik is writing about it and stuff like that. But there's nobody serious writing about it yet. But there's like people hinting at it. Um, but my main takeaway from what we've learned in the past two months is, look, it's probably going to be somebody completely different. It's probably going to be someone we didn't think of at all. It's, it, maybe it's going to be Moses Simon or something. Oh, also, uh, Robert Mock just came up, right? Yeah, sure but uh, again, that is, but... that's that's uh, that's 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 agent agent games. Yeah. That, that 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 looks very clear to me. Uh, but no, I think like for example, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly we signed Victor Moses, uh, which is oh, just an example. Uh, oh, not Victor Moses. Oh, Moses Mo Simon. <laughs> sorry, Moses Simon. Yeah, sorry, Moses Simon. That's somebody, for example, that I could see happen out of the blue, out of nowhere. Um, a guy I, I really like, by the way. Uh, but no, uh, so I don't know. Um, I would like Ibasa Gog from China. 
free money. You know, I, yeah, I wouldn't be too too clinging too much to these names. Now, if you gave me the option out of these names, look, I can, I like I like Konoplyanka. I know he's not consistent, but I like the style. I think that could work in the. I think that would really fit Abdullah Afci's way that he wants to play. But obviously, he's he's had issues with playing consistently ever since he's left Dnipro Dnipropetrovsk. So yeah, it's a question mark a little bit. Um, but I, I'd be I'd be interested in seeing that. Uh, especially the thing what I, I obviously Abubakar. Look, if you can get Abubakar and you know, look, within we can get him healthy and he's gonna stay healthy. Oh, obviously, there's never a guarantee. But if we knew that with like relatively certainty. Well, of certainty, then I would definitely say, okay, I want to go all out for Abu. But the thing with him is, like, I'm, I'm hearing, I've been hearing this for for a while from people in Portugal um, that, ha- you know, speak to people that know stuff from within the club. There's apparently, you know, you remember when we first signed him, and there was this whole annoying situation where we were trying to lower his price, and that the issue was that we had to negotiate with the French club that still owned like oh, 50% of its rights. Yeah. So apparently the reason that Porto initially didn't f- full out uh, outright bought him is because they got some paperwork on uh, like doctor or you know, whatever, uh, basically that he has a very high probability of knee injuries. That's something they knew and that's why they didn't buy him outright completely, and they only bought like sixty percent. They didn't ultimately end up buying the 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 forty percent after he had that amazing season when he left us, went back to them, and he had he had like a really great season or first six months or whatever, and he signed a new deal. I think they bought out the full rights then because they felt like they could really sell him for at least twenty five or, or, or more million, which they probably could have if he didn't get that ACL injury. Anyway, long story short, short is that Porto have have had knowledge of him having high probability of, of knee injuries, is what I'm being told. Um, and now, as well, people seem very down on the chance of him ever making a full recovery. Uh, he's been he's been quote unquote back for a while now, and he's looked underwhelming. He hasn't looked as as his, his previous self. Obviously, you know, it's difficult with Musa Morega being in great form, scoring lots of goals, and him getting back into the team is a little bit tougher because of that. But still, I don't know. I think if it would be like an initial loan deal without an obligation to buy, I'd be okay with it. But, for example, buying him outright, which I I doubt would happen because I still think that Porto would want at least 10, 12, 13 million for him, which we are not going to do that. Like I said, we already spent 12 million, so we're not going to spend another 12. Um, So a loan with an option to buy, not an obligation, I'd be okay with that. But I I really want a a proper left winger because like I I have serious doubts about Quaresma. Um, So I don't know. Not just Quaresma, <laughs> but you know Quaresma Lens. I don't know. I think we need a proper left winger, and you know once Burak is back, I think Abubakar can can do the job in a pinch if he's fit. But I don't think he. I don't think Abubakar Burak Boyd works. You know, as your pattern. If you know what I mean, I don't, I yeah. don't think. I mean, yeah. You don't forget Liaj. That's a big part. Of no, no, but I'm just being. I mean, Abu, Abu playing Abu out of position because you're playing him out of position. You have to accept that. Yeah, Pay no, I know. Yeah, uh, that's 
That's my big qualm, yeah, I guess. I mean, the thing. I, I'm actually more interested in getting Abu him boy because Abu then... Quares? <laughs> well, so that's the thing. I, I actually yeah. like Abu becoming the bridge between Burak and then, you know, if Guven becomes a, a legit option in like two years or yeah. so, great. If not, you know, we, we hit the market or, you know, maybe develop yeah, I mean, somebody obviously else. Obviously, Abu Bakar is still only 27 years old. Uh, exactly. You know? so he's a so, perfect I mean, bridge in that yeah, regard. If and you can loan like, him... Think of Liayic's age, Karius, yeah. uh, Dorakan, yeah, yeah. Ozan, you know, like, that's a... He really I mean, he's African, that. so obviously he could be 40, but... <laughs> he looks 27. Uh, yeah, he, he, he doesn't he look like Minala or something. Yeah, he doesn't look old. Um, but the thing, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, if you could loan him and he does get back up to his former glory and... Then of course you're you're doing a great deal of business if you can get a good if you, let's say you can get like a loan deal you're you're paying like one or two million loan fee and then you have like an eight million option or something like that that would be I think really good um, yeah. and then if then because then you have the successor to Burak exactly if if, if need be you know it, let's say it's gonna be one of those seasons like I'm dreading for Burak where he's gonna go from one injury uh, one small injury into the other and he maybe ends up playing like 22 23 24 games rather than 34 in the league I think then uh getting a Bubakar would be and it, obviously if a Bubakar's knees to hold up and what I'm being told is just you know look, I mean look that's something they've been saying about Dembaba as well for yeah 10 years and his knees have all held up i mean and hey like between half of burak's leg and half of abu bakar's leg we've got we got a full <laughs> leg <laughs> also we have three competitions this year to play in yeah two important ones indeed europa league and turkey's league if burak is having injury issues if he can't play yeah. 90 minutes twice a week they have a a super sub or b a left wing option or c burak, just hey, an like, outright what if abu starter Bukar outplays burak you know, like it's not Which is possible. possible. Yeah. If his knees hold up, I th I always liked him better. I mean, maybe I'm sure I'll get attacked saying Burak is the best, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I think Abubakar is a little more on his day. He's not consistent, but on his day, I think he's a better player. Yeah, I mean, he's technically he a much better player. Yeah, he can I mean, take he can players on. Stuff. Yeah. He could, that's he can, the thing. He yeah, can... he's more multifaceted. Yeah. Plus, I mean, when he's in form, he scores really easily. Yeah, too. when he's in form, he's really in form. And when he's out of form, he's really out of form. Come on, guys. Tell me right now you wouldn't love to see an in-form Abubakar with, uh, like, Liajic. Come on. That'd be, like, yeah. beautiful. Also, I think the the fans, like, will already like him going in. I think when he first came, we were kind of, like, uncertain about it. Yeah. And now he comes back, you know, he's going to feel... He's, he, he's, he's he'd have, like, way. a lot of credits. Khan, can you just imagine that, like, uh, Liajic teeing him up like he's teed up all the guys who, who aren't as good, you know? And, and, but, like, it being Abubakar, him just, like, slamming it in and... The celebrations are oh, fantastic. Come on, I can already envision it. Classic of Google Cup I, 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 you know, from time to time, I still look at that. I still watch that video of the Benfica of the goal, and I just, oh, you know, it, it makes me, it makes me emotional, you know. So I do miss him, of course, but you know, I mean, you bring up good points. You have to make decisions with your, with your head, not with your heart, when it comes to this kind of stuff, especially when it comes to multi-million deals. And uh, I yeah, think, yeah, Abu Bakar buying him out. Well, we're not going to buy him outright anyway, but we couldn't. Anyway, I mean, yeah. but like I said, like an obligation to buy would be would be a poor, a poor decision too. And and you know maybe. Although let me put it this way: if, if it's an obligation to buy, where it's like if he plays seventy-five percent of the matches, I mean the reality is yeah. if he's able to play seventy-five percent of the matches. Yeah. 
we probably would want to buy them anyway. Yeah, like, okay, but, but the, even then, it depends. Like, yeah, who's if, gonna if agree to seventy-five? Thing, I mean, Porto's not gonna exactly. Agree. Yeah, I was like, if it's a fifty percent thing, yeah, then obviously it's not. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I think Porto would recognize that others might take caution, given what you've said too. So I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's hope for the best. Whatever does happen. Yeah, tweet uh, hashtag not, like, come back a Bubukar. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, and we have we have yeah. a good relationship. Uh, I mean, Bishtas have a very good relationship with Porto, so I'm sure that you know. Because uh, Porto does really seem to be wanting to offload him. I mean, you can't forget he's probably earning like three million a year as well. So and and Porto are also under yeah. financial fair play. So maybe they just want to get him off the wage bill for the year, and then hope. Yeah. You know, uh, I, you know, and, and you know, the first t time he went to us, it was very successful, and he came back as a better player. So they might not even be. Uh, they might just you know, it's like, oh, you know what, you can have him, and if you end up not being able to pay his, his yeah, worst case his yeah, fee, yeah, yeah, we, he's back we still feel pretty confident in the fact that he can recover his form with you guys. So I don't know, but at the end of the day, like we said, like th this just being like Abubakar's being hinted at. We don't know uh, exactly. Yeah. So stay tuned, listeners. Uh, this is going to be a big week. Um, I, for All I have to really say... Still the beginning of August. Before we close yeah, out. The whole almost month. Yeah, but uh, Adali said within the next week or two, exactly, our transfers yeah. will be done. So, I, I mean... I, I, and it makes sense. We have one friendly against Panathinaikos before Sivas. I think you want to at least... Like, I'm glad we're going to get to see Victor Ruiz, uh, in theory. Even if it's just for like a half... I want to see like what it looks like with him next to to Domingos Vida. You know, I want to see what I want to see what our rotation starts to look like. So, um, yeah, I hope Liaich will be back. Uh, yeah. Clearly, Burak won't. Uh, is Dorkan going to be back? I know Nedjip be, won't. Yeah, so Dorkan and Liaich were that. both out for two weeks, and they're probably still like I don't know eight nine days or maybe ten days supposedly, but. Uh, the expectation is that they should be ready for... Well, at least they should be available for Sivas. Maybe not ready. I think it would be more likely for um, them to be more cautious early on in the season just because yeah, we don't necessarily need to re-injure them, so they might give them an extra game or so just to recover an extra week, even yeah. two weeks. Well, so, well, so guys, uh, Besiktas is going to be hosting Panathinaikos on Saturday, August 10th. Uh, it's a 1 p.m. for us here in, in on the East Coast. So, Khan, I believe that's 7 p.m. for you? 6 p.m.? Hey, man, it's like 1 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. I'm not doing any... Yeah, you're done with that. <laughs> yeah, no math. No math, Khan. But, yeah, so, check, as always, check your local listing. Uh, it, I'm excited. You know, we have just one friendly to go, and the season's starting. We've talked about this uh, on numerous occasions already. We're going to be hosting... or Sorry, on the road against Sivas for, for our first match of the season. Uh, on the 17th of August. Uh, that, and we have an official time now, by the way, Evron. That's 2.45 p.m. In the, Eastern? So, yeah. Oh, that's a late that's one late, for us. yeah. So that must be the night game, uh, you know, the, the, the feature for being, yeah. uh, you know. And, um, Douglas returns. So that's <laughs> the big yeah, news story. Yeah, that's exciting. Good, good news for me. I can have my lunch, drinks. You know, I can have, I can drink some beers on a full stomach. That's always good to have food in your stomach. Hey, hey man, weren't drink. you complaining about your beer guts? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah I mean that's well, that one one. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But one one at a time. First of all, I need to be able to drink on a good hour, and then we'll talk about uh, moderation and all that. But um, yeah, I'm excited for the season to start. As always, regardless of what we've done thus far 
I think, uh, you know, we're going to get our guys back. We're going to have another addition or two into the roster, hopefully in the next week, so that maybe we, we can get a, a glimpse of them against Panathinaikos. But, yeah, the summer's over, just about. Any uh, parting words for the summer, guys? Uh, yeah, I hope this... Yeah, I hope this heat wave uh, doesn't come back. <laughs> Me, it was like 105 <laughs> degrees here, to put it in your American terms, plus like yeah, that's 70 negative. plus percent humidity. So, and it always like it's like 105, but it feels like so it probably felt like 115 or something. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, it's like the like I said, the humidity is insane. I mean, yeah. pardon my French there, you can bleep me, but... Uh... Yeah, it's, you, know, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta put me to work a little bit <laughs> on the back end. <laughs> exactly. uh, how about you, Evron? What do you have to say about this summer coming to an end? Are you ready um, for it? You know, I'm, I'm ready for the, 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 you know, I just love watching Besiktas, Turkish League, Europa League coming back. I'm just ready. Uh, obviously, being connect this I'll, year. Yeah, I'll be having other things going on, but uh, I still, you know... <laughs> As it's, it's nothing you can really replace with that. You can watch international games, you can play, but still, you know, still that feeling of that bitch touch game on the weekend. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And Quarez, of course, you know, my, my man coming Your back. Man. Yeah, Your dad. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, Bubakar will join him, but you know. Couple new trainers. Your other dad. You're your your two dads. Yeah. <laughs> really my two dads. Uh, that's uh, great. No, yeah, uh, man. I. I mean, this is going to be an exciting week, and so I, I can guarantee you guys that our next episode, uh, although actually our next episode is going to be the uh, Victor Ruiz episode. Thank you, Khan. I don't know. That might be. That might be. I don't know because uh, might be the one I'll after, be recording yeah. that like next week. So okay. So we actually. Have I don't a know. Time yet. I haven't scheduled the exact day, so that might be Monday. That might be Tuesday. So. Uh, All right. Yeah. So we'll we'll get back to you next. I guess probably post. Panathinaikos and hopefully I mean unless there's some big news before then and we have to get back sooner <laughs> cross your fingers but you know I would say the Don't safe bet is that we're going to talk about uh, yeah we're going to talk about Panathinaikos and, and a transfer I would imagine if not to um, yeah, hope let's hope yeah so. let's Khan hope. you've got some stuff to plug before I say my uh, my motto to what <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta no. plug plug Patreon, plug oh. yeah, football all Turka. Yeah, yeah. You got you got stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, your yeah. eight podcast and oh. us plug us. Yeah. Like so Twitters. you know what I mean? If you uh, guys, if you're by listening... the way, this whole episode, my phone has been going off with uh, new followers from the Black Eagles podcast <laughs> Twitter account. Uh, so yeah, if that's going on, you can blame Khan for that. He's he's being productive on the social media front. Yeah, I guess I've been do- that's that's what I've been doing like the entire time. Uh, no, um, okay, so let's see. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, yeah, guys, check out Football All Turkey. I mean, if you like what we do here at uh, the Black Eagles podcast, we haven't really checked out Football All Turkey yet, go check it out. I do that with uh, three other guys. Burak Seskin is a Fenerbahce fan. He's, well, he's really funny, really, got, really yeah, nice yeah. guy. Uh, Uzer Ginger, who's a Galatasaray fan, uh, great guy too. I've known him for a very, I mean, Sinan and I and him go way back, like, I don't know, Tacos, decade yeah. plus. Um, and uh, another one of my friends, Umut Nadir, also a Galatasaray fan, and uh, he, I don't know, where where did I meet Umut? I don't know, I, think, I guess I met him because uh, he was like an, I think, from working for FIFA, for EA, I think I met him there. 
Uh, I mean, whenever you meet a Fnatic fan and they're like tolerable, it's he's a Galstrike fan. <laughs> he's a Galstrike oh, fan, and even more so. Net, and I'm kidding. Even more so. I have a lot of yeah. Like, I I, I know a lot of Fenerbahce fans. You know, I, I, throughout my life, like I I generally like when it comes to non Bishtish fans, I gravitate more toward Fener fans. Galstrike fans usually are my whole family are Fener are worse. <laughs> But yeah, I, for sure. but you know, so so you know what I mean. If you're a Galstrike fan and I follow you on Twitter, that means you're not an asshole. Uh, it's a high honor. It's yeah, a compliment. Exactly. Uh, Atakos, yeah, no, Atakos is a nice guy. Is great. I mean, Uzar is a great guy. Umut's a great. Umut, I, I love Umut's great guy too. But uh, so we, we do uh, football Turka together. Um, basically, what is that? That's what we do here. But basically, for the entire Super League, uh, yeah. we review matches recently. You're gonna have to talk yeah. more about them, I guess, right? You just yeah, Yeni Malatya Spor. you know how how we do how we do these European previews. I'm doing those now for other teams. Uh, I just finished today recording one for Sparta Prague, who are Trabzonspor's opponent in the Europa League qualifiers. I did one for Partizan Belgrade with our good old Sonia. friend Sonia Niksevic. Um, uh, you hear at the beginning and end of every episode. Yeah, exactly. No, and uh, they're playing Malatya Sport playing Partizan. So I did a preview recorded that today. I still have to do the editing and stuff like that, but that'll be out soon. Uh, yesterday I recorded one for um, Bashakshir's opponent, Olympiakos, with uh, uh, Stavros Markulakis, a Greek journalist. So that's already out. You can already go check that out. So uh, yeah, you know, lots of lots of content. If you like listening to um the black eagles podcast on your commute from or, or back to whatever uh you know to work or whatever uh, and you need some more podcasts to listen to go check out football a la turca um and also you can support us basically because you're basically supporting me because i'm paying for <laughs> hosting <laughs> of, of these podcasts which is quite expensive you know i mean uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we want to not have any limitations, so we want to be able to upload as much as possible, have good bandwidth so you can download them quickly, you can stream them easily, uh, offer so all, go the, out to all, all the, providers. the platforms, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all that stuff. So, you know, we want to provide the best service. Of course, that costs money. So if you want to, if you like what we do, if you want to support us, just go to patreon.com slash F-A-L-T, so fault. Uh, you'll end up on the Football Ala Turca Patreon page, but basically, if you're pledging there, you're supporting both podcasts. You're supporting the Black Eagles podcast. You're supporting uh, Football Ala Turca podcast. So, um, you, you know, are, uh, you are thinking about maybe having some uh, Black Eagles features over there too, right? On the, the Patreon. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if we see uh, if we get some influx from uh, Black Eagles only listeners or something, um, then uh, definitely uh, we will take a look at that. But basically, there's two tiers right now. There's a three dollar tier, which basically gets you uh, nothing, <laughs> a follow from the Football Alter account on Twitter, uh, and also you can suggest a topic uh, for us to discuss in one of the future episodes. But if you're more a Black Eagles podcast listener than you are a Football Alterca listener and you want to suggest a topic for this podcast and you become a patron you can do that so you can just select which which podcast you prefer to for us to talk something about and then we have a second tier which is a ten dollar tier uh, basically you have the same advantages there but the difference is that if you su suggest a topic you can be a guest on our show and you can come discuss your topic with Uzer Burak 
um, and and Uma and I. Or of course, again, if you prefer to do so on uh, the Black Eagles podcast, uh, yeah, same thing applies. Uh, as long as you're supporting. <laughs> yeah, we don't want any Fener fans on the Black Eagles podcast. <laughs> nope. No, sir. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? No, you know what? Uh, you know you, what? They're, they're welcome. Maybe that could be fun, you know, having some proper yeah. arguments, you know? <laughs> yeah, but be prepared to be ganged up on by the three. Yeah. I think Bishas fans are the smartest fans, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. If we don't out. say so ourselves. Out a doubt. That's, that's, you know, I mean. That's a given. That's something. <laughs> That's a given. And of course, our listeners are the smartest among the best of touch fans. So we really are course, catering to the the, uh, the smartest of all, if you will. But uh, yeah. But yeah, no, great, good stuff, Khan. Um, follow, yeah, I guess you already gave the, uh, the at for football a la Turca, right? Oh, that's uh, at footy a la Turca. So just look for football a Turca and... And you can find uh, Football All Turca on iTunes, on Spotify, anywhere. Where you, anywhere where you can find the Black Eagles podcast, you can find uh, Football All Turca. Even uh, YouTube, YouTube now. I uh, just <laughs> opened a YouTube account to publish that too. And it's not like, like for example, we have a couple of people that listen to the Black Eagles podcast on YouTube. For those people, actually, stop listening to a podcast on YouTube, especially when there's no, when there's no. Uh, webcam or anything which we don't do right now just go and download subscribe subscribe don't just download subscribe on iTunes subscribe on Google Play or Spotify Stitcher whatever it's much easier you can just close your phone and still listen you know otherwise you need YouTube premium which is stupidly expensive yeah, uh, yeah. and you can just listen to it for free you don't need to support us on on, on, pop, uh, on Patreon uh, if you want to be a cheap ass <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but also follow the mothership Besiktas International at Besiktas underscore INT follow us here at Eagles underscore podcast follow Khan at Razarian R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N follow Evron at fan of BJK. Yawn. Follow me <laughs> at sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Uh, yeah, man. What else can we say? Stay tuned. Go Besiktas! Oh, come on! Go Besiktas! And of course, go Besiktas! As always, uh, whether my thunder's been stolen or not. Um, yeah. Stay tuned. I think this is this, this week is gonna be pivotal for the club and of course for the podcast. We're gonna have some good news. Everyone did it last time. Now it's your turn to steal it. Well, it had to happen, I guess. <laughs> it's my fault but for like not I should have like usually you guys do the outro and then you name it's like oh and then one more thing. So it's my fault. I, I, Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.